Even though he didn't score a goal last night, it was Drew Doughty 1, Minnesota Wild 0. We'll recap the loss, the things we liked, and the things that are a problem for the Minnesota Wild today on Locked on Wild. You're Locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day. And just as a reminder, you can find Locked On Wild on your favorite podcast platforms for absolutely no charge. On today's episode of Locked On Wild, we recap last night's 1-0 loss to the Los Angeles Kings. We'll talk about the things we liked from the game. We'll talk about the things we didn't. We'll get you ready for tonight's game against the Anaheim Ducks. My name is Seth Topol, your daily Minnesota Wild insider, and as mentioned, a one nothing loss. The goal was not scored by Drew Doughty, but you may as well have given him one for what he was able to do uh, against Kirill Kaprizov last night. So let's just start right there, because there were a lot of, I think, there were good things to take from last night's game, but ultimately some of the same issues from the Seattle game that we saw for the Wild which is why they ended up losing. Kirill Kaprizov and Drew Doughty have some history, whether it be Doughty calling Kaprizov overpaid or overrated. Uh, Kaprizov with the wraparound goal in which he basically just took Drew Doughty for a ride. They have some history uh, over the years. And so we saw some of that again in last night's game. And there was a lot that happened before the Kaprizov penalty. I'll just say this. That is Drew Doughty's job because at this point, the Wild have one line that can beat you. And so if you can do something to remove a piece from that line, particularly the Wild's best player, uh, you have done your job for that night. And so, yes, I know Doughty had a couple of times in which he uh, he hit Kaprizov from behind. He knocked him down behind the net a couple of times. I understand that. And do I think the Kaprizov penalty should have been a match penalty? I do not. But doing that in that instance, retaliating for what had happened earlier in the game, you're letting Drew Doughty win in that instance. And so Kaprizov taking exception to uh, a high higher stick from uh, Doughty immediately before he responded, you're just playing right into what he's trying to do in the, in the game, what he's trying to do, take you off your game or get you out of the game, you just you can't do it at that point. And I know there was frustration from Dean Evison and from the team as to the fact that the penalty minutes were so swung towards the Los Angeles Kings, but let's look at the penalties that were taken. 
you had the Kaprizov penalty that was retaliatory against Drew Doughty. Again, I don't think that should have been a match penalty, but it definitely should have been. The major was warranted. The match penalty, probably not. And so that's part of the reason that we waited to record today's episode was just to see if there had been any ruling from uh, the Department of Player Safety because uh, Kaprizov, by getting a match penalty, is uh, automatically suspended uh, pending a review. And so just looking at the latest from Michael Russo, I'm expecting that Kirill Kaprizov match penalty last night for high striking Drew Doughty will be permitted to play tonight for the Wild, who haven't scored a goal in 123 minutes and 8 seconds at Anaheim. Fortunate for him and the team, he got Doughty with the glove, not the stick. So it's likely that a fine will happen as opposed to the suspension. So that's good news at least. But again, right back to it. Let's look at the penalties that were taken last night. So you have Kaprizov getting a match penalty and a five-minute major for high sticking. You have Matt Dumba uppercutting a Kings player in the midst of a scrum right in front of a referee and taking a penalty in that instance. And you have Matt Zuccarello with a couple of uncharacteristic Bad penalties by him, a trip, and I forget what the other one was, but uh, a couple of uncharacteristic penalties for Zuccarello um, as well. So, yeah, I understand you'd like to have more power plays on the other side. The Wild would have liked to have had more power play opportunities, but they really didn't sustain enough offense to be able to warrant getting called for penalties. They did have one that they got, but that was after Kaprizov exited the game, and so that power play uh, didn't look particularly good. It just, you can't, and I guess if I had to circle to one, the Dumba one is the worst by far. You have the official standing right there, right in front of you, in the midst of a little bit of a scrum, Everything, for the most part, had been de-escalated. And you see him wind up. You see him with the uppercut. You just you just can't do it. And so I think the big thing to take away from last night was just we're still seeing these retaliatory penalties. And no matter how hard the opposing player tries to get under your skin, you just have to beat them on the ice. You can't sink to that level. Beat them with your play. Take them for a ride again in a wraparound goal. But don't sink to that level. You just you can't do it. And so we go from that to the offense still struggling to control the offensive zone. And that reared its ugly head again in last night's game. The Wild went in the first period 11 minutes and 30 seconds without a shot and late in the game switched back to the dump and chase style, which if you have the players to do it is fine. It's not my preference for how an offense should be run. But 
it just every time they tried, the Kings had somebody behind the net that was able to intercept the puck before the Wild got there, and they just cycled it out of the zone and right back up the ice the other way. So I understand that uh, losing Kirill hurts a lot of your ability to get the puck into the offensive zone. But at this point, I think you have to try simply navigating through the neutral zone pressure to get into the offensive zone as opposed to trying to dump it in and hoping that one of your players gets there first. So I I don't know if we'll see any sort of changes in that aspect uh, in tonight's game against the Ducks, but it just they, they just struggled to possess the puck to give themselves an opportunity to uh, stack up multiple shots. And the issue with Martin Jones um, on Thursday's game, with him looking like he really wasn't seeing the puck well at all, we don't really know with Jonathan Quick because by and large he wasn't really challenged. And so you have this stretch of goalies, Martin Jones, Jonathan Quick, uh, John Gibson, I would imagine he'll start, but haven't uh, haven't seen the official lineup as of yet. They're just not challenging these guys enough to where if they're not on their game, you find out early enough and you say, hey, we're just going to hit the net with everything we've got to where maybe you score five goals. Just the zone presence has not been consistent enough to be able to do that. And every single one of these games... You know, it it feels like are winnable if you get some more chances offensively. So, a frustrating one last night uh, for both of these reasons. You know, the lack of zone time and uh, the retaliatory penalties as well. But there were plenty of positives to take from last night's game as well. So, we will move to those as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Our next partner has a product I use literally every single day of the week. I started taking AG1 because it simplifies your morning routine and all of your vitamins and supplements into one. With just one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, everything you could possibly want. Plus, it's lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, AG1 is a small microhabit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself, and it is tried and proven. Athletic Greens has 7,000 five-star reviews. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. 
Continuing today's episode of Locked on Wild, once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. Uh, for your second listen today, make sure you check out our bonus episode of Locked on Wild featuring Spoked Z, where we uh, take a look at how the Iowa Wild have been doing over the last week with a deep dive into some of their prospects as well. Uh, that'll be uh, available on all of your favorite podcast platforms later today. Jordan Greenway made his return to the lineup last night, and his impact on the lineup was felt immediately, especially on the uh, the defensive end and especially in the penalty kill. Uh, thought Greenway looked good. He was uh, able to be physical without uh, having to deal with kind of that mental block of um, – trying to hit players without re-aggravating his injuries. So I think once he kind of got past that hurdle, uh, he was able to help the uh, penalty kill have their best night of the season by far. But I want to start in terms of what we liked from last night. We got to go to Marc-Andre Fleury again. And since the start of the season in which Fleury gave up 11 goals in the first four periods of the season, he has given up 19 goals in eight games since. So he has, Flurry has found his consistency, and he has, especially in the last few games, he's helped keep the Wild in the game while they try to kind of iron things out offensively. You know, go back to the Montreal game. Not the best first period for the Wild, but Flurry was able to keep them in it to the point that they were able to kind of get some things ironed out. And, uh, and end up winning the game there. Um, the game against the Kraken, not one that I would place a lot of the blame on Flurry. A couple of weird goals. And again, the offense just not able to produce enough, and so you're, you're spending pretty much the entirety of the uh, entirety of the game on your own end trying to defend um, against the other team shooting the puck at will. And when the game was on kind of its tipping point, which was when uh, Kaprizov took the five-minute major, uh, Flurry was fantastic in the net for that kill, and the penalty kill in front of him was at their best as well, but he made several, several big saves to, um, to keep the Kings from scoring um, on that possession. And I, I think we've seen him and the defense really develop an understanding as to how he's going to play and how the team should um, should play in front of him, how the defense should play in front of him. Um, and we're just, I think we're seeing him be way more decisive because of the confidence that he's built up, way more decisive in playing the puck he had uh, a couple of instances last night in which there were those weird bounces off the the boards directly behind the net. And in one instance, the puck kind of came to the left of Flurry, and he caught it right away, and he was able to poke it to the side with his stick to allow for one of his teammates to play it and move it ahead. Uh, there was the... It was a partial breakaway for the Kings in which the uh, the Wilds defensively were able to uh, to stop that from developing into a shot attempt. And so you're seeing more of that in front of him. 
but we're also seeing, you know, he had that that nifty glove save on a point blank shot from Kevin Fiala. So we're we're seeing a little bit of that still with players being able to kind of skate up to close to the net and uh, and get really any sort of a shot they want. But he's doing a really good job of uh, preventing those from going in. And the one goal that the uh, the Kings did get, the Velarde goal, um, bang, bang. Just a, a pass. Velarde was ready to shoot it immediately. And so I don't know that anybody expected that the shot was going to come that quickly. And so that that was the one that the Kings were able to uh, to get past him. But we've seen a much better Marc-Andre Fleury here over his last um, eight games and he he has definitely solidified his performance to where you look at the uh, you look at the first game plus of the season, and you're like, no, that's that's not that's not the story of this year's Mark Andre Fleury at this point. Um, he's he's gotten himself very much back on track, and we talked about the penalty kill, their best night of the season by far, and faced some overwhelming odds. Uh, in this one, having to kill off a five-minute penalty and a couple of other power plays beyond that that they uh, had to try to contend with as well. So a good night for them. They were doing a good job of blocking shots in front of Flurry, which is encouraging. They also were doing a good job of getting the puck out of the zone and just generally like we've seen. This is kind of this is the one side of the coin as opposed to the other. The Wild were being aggressive on the kill and it seemed to fluster the Kings to the point that they had trouble even getting stuff started on their penalty kill. So that was working for the Wilds and um it felt like it it just felt like with how the penalty kill was playing that that was maybe going to give the team a bit of a spark to get back into this game last night. But again, they just could not get anything going offensively. So definitely some positives to pull from last night's game. Greenway's addition was immediately felt, thought he played well, uh, did kind of wear down at the end, but you'd expect for somebody who hasn't played in... uh, Hasn't played in in several games to take a little while to kind of get up to speed, but I thought his presence was felt immediately. Mark Andre Fleury was great again, and uh, the penalty the penalty kill for the Wild, especially with Greenway on it, and uh, Greenway finished the night with 14 minutes of uh, 14 minutes 38 seconds of ice time, had uh, two minutes on the penalty kill, but. Um, that unit looked really good. So if they can keep that going, um, that's going to be huge. And so some good things to pull from last night's game despite the uh, despite the loss. But an opportunity, again, in tonight's game against uh, an opponent that is not playing particularly well. So we will uh, discuss tonight's game against the Ducks to finish today's episode of Lockdown Wild after this. Final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. 
For your second listen, make sure you check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. The Anaheim Ducks are 4-8-1 on the season and uh, surprisingly are not in last place in the division. They are tied technically with the San Jose Sharks for last. Ironically, though, they are not the worst team in the Western Conference. That honor goes to the St. Louis Blues, who've lost eight in a row. We'll save that for another day, but it's a game that the Wilds should be able to uh, take care of here tonight because it's a Ducks team that has really three players that can beat you. You've obviously got Trevor Zegras, who is one of the rising young stars in the game, and he has seven goals so far. Troy Terry, another um, elite player that the Ducks are able to uh, to deploy as well. But beyond that, I mean, Ryan Strom, who has come in and has uh, given the Ducks some good production so far, those really are the only three that uh, have done anything. They've gotten... Um, Four goals apiece from Adam Enrique and uh, Max Comtois, but those are really the main goal scorers for this Ducks team that has scored 37 goals in 13 games. And so for the Wild, it should represent an opportunity for them as long as the same things don't become a problem again in uh, this game tonight. If the Wild are not able to uh, sustain pressure in the offensive zone. You can't score if you don't possess the puck. That's as simple as it gets. And I would imagine if uh, Kirill Kaprizov is not suspended tonight, which we talked about it, doesn't seem likely that he will be. If Kaprizov is not suspended tonight, I would imagine he would be a little irked at what happened last night. And so you may see one of those Kaprizov's just going to do it uh, (laughs) games tonight, which would be nice. But again, you can't score if you don't possess the puck. And so the Wild need to do a better job of entering the zone and staying there in uh, tonight's game, which against this Ducks team should be should be an easier proposition uh, to do against uh, Anaheim. You look at the goaltending as well. We are, and you could say for Martin Jones that he has started to play better, uh, which is why the Kraken have gotten off to as good of a start as they have. But quick, again, last night, I don't really know if he was on his game or not because he wasn't really tested in uh, any particular way um, in last night's game. John Gibson has not been on his game so far this season. 2-7-1, and one, a 4.52 goals against average and a save percentage of 887. Uh, the Ducks have used him a lot. And uh, they, in fact... They have uh, Anthony Stolarz as their backup goalie. Uh, He's appeared in six games, but Gibson has started 10 of the 13 so far for the Ducks. And so I think we're going to see Gibson again tonight because the Ducks did not play last night, and uh, they do not, I don't believe, they play again 
on um, they play again on Saturday. So there's no back-to-back situation. So I think we're going to get John Gibson. And so I'll say again to echo offensively, the Wild need to test him early and often tonight because if you get some shots on net and are able to divulge, hey, Gibson's not seeing the puck well, then this is a game that you can turn on its head real quickly and uh, and give yourself a win, I think, that will help get some confidence back ahead of Friday's matchup against the Kraken. So test Gibson early and often just to uh, to try to take advantage if he's not on his game. And whether or not he's on or off his game, just so that you're not having to sit in your own ends of the ice and defend the entirety of the game. Um, that's that's going to be key in this one tonight. It's not necessarily anything that the defense or goaltending need to do or the penalty kill need to do better. The offense just needs to generate some opportunities and take advantage of those opportunities uh, in this one tonight against the Anaheim Ducks. So a winnable game again here tonight. The Wild are just going to have to they're going to have to find something to uh, to get that offense going. And uh, again, if Kaprizov's not suspended tonight, I'd imagine he'd be pretty upset about what happened last night. But you can't bank on that. You've got to just, one of those other lines is going to have to figure something out as to being able to sustain his own presence and um, and coming away with some shots and coming away from some goals because that, that's been the problem here over the last few games has been the offense. Everything else is starting to get closer to worked out or is already there. Now we got to get some goals. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in tonight's game. And, of course, we'll have a, a recap for you afterwards as well as the Locked on Wild postcast. So make sure you are tuning in for those as well as tuning in right here for new episodes all week long. You can follow us on YouTube as well as your favorite podcast platforms. Make sure you turn notifications on so you don't miss out on any great videos that we have for you throughout the week. Locked on Wild is keeping you up to date on all things Minnesota Wild with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Sports Podcast Network.